This is Viterbi Voices, your chance to hear stories about research, classes, student life, and more. Directly from our students, faculty, and other members of our engineering community. All right here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. Welcome back to Viterbi Voices. My name is Paul Ledesma. I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admission here at the USC Viterbi School of Engineering. And my name is Audrey Roberts. I'm a senior studying mechanical engineering here at USC. Well, surprise, we're back with another unannounced bonus episode. This bonus episode is something I get to bring to you. And that is our recent faculty roundtable discussion in line with all the other departments we've been doing. This one is all about biomedical engineering. Are you excited, Audrey? Are you excited for the BME talk that's about to happen in your ears? I am excited. Yeah, I know you're not, but that's okay. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, I, am. I really like these. I think they're fun to listen to. I'm giving you a hard time. Uh, biomedical engineering. This was a super fun one. Uh, we had uh, Dr. Jesse Yen, Dr. Unji Chung, Dr. Megan McCain, and Dr. Christina Zavaleta to talk about all of their background in biomedical engineering, the coursework that they teach, the curriculum, what it's like to be a biomedical engineer. We talked a lot in depth about uh, research and super fun facts that I don't want to spoil, but we get into some really interesting Disney trivia if you're a Disney fan because we have some Disney fans on this panel so I'm going to leave it at that if you're a Disney person be on the lookout if you're not it's not a really long conversation so don't be turned away but enjoy this conversation all about biomedical engineering with some great faculty in the biomedical engineering department welcome to the Viterbi School of Engineering faculty roundtable for the biomedical engineering department my name is Paul Ledesma. I'll be the host for today's session. I'm the Director of Undergraduate Admission. It's a pleasure to have so many people here today uh, learning more about the Biomedical Engineering Department and Program. And we have a fantastic and really lovely group of faculty that are going to be able to talk to you about the department. And I don't want to waste any time. Let's do some introductions, have each of them introduce themselves, tell them a little bit about who they are, where they came from, how they found the at USC, and, and what they're doing at USC. When, just because this is the order in which you're on my screen, we'll go Jesse, Megan, Unji, Christina. So Jesse, why don't you kick it off? Sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Jesse Yen. I am an associate professor in the BME department. Uh, I teach the intro to BME class. So should you come to the USC, you'll probably see me your first year. I've uh, been at USC for about 17 years now. Uh, I did my PhD at uh, Duke and uh, my area of research is in ultrasound. So I develop novel ultrasound imaging devices, uh, novel ultrasound uh, image processing techniques. Uh, so a little bit of hardware uh, and a little bit of software. Great, hello everyone. Uh, thank you for being here. My name is Megan McCain. Uh, I was uh, born and mostly raised in St. Louis. So I went to Washington University in St. Louis for my undergraduate degree in biomedical engineering. Uh, then I went to Harvard for graduate school where I got my PhD um, in engineering sciences with a focus on bioengineering. Uh, then I came to USC. Um, I started in 2014 uh, in the department as an assistant professor. Um, I also have a courtesy appointment in the department of stem cell biology and regenerative medicine. Uh, I teach BME 410, which I'll talk more about later. Um, it's the uh, Introduction to Tissue Engineering course that uh, many of the juniors and seniors take uh, in our department. Uh, my research is, is related to that. So um, my, my lab is a very different area of biomedical engineering than Professor Yun. So uh, we do uh, tissue engineering uh, primarily for the heart and other types of muscle. Um, and basically what we're trying to do is grow very small pieces of human tissue uh, in the lab that we can then use for drug testing. Um, and we try to use uh, uh, cells that we can derive actually from human patients to build those tissues. So we can also use these as a way um, of doing personalized medicine and, and designing and developing drugs that will be effective for a certain patient based on their specific uh, background and, and genetic information. So thanks for being here. Thank you. Uh, hi, everybody. Yes, yeah, sorry. <laughs> hi, everyone. Um, I'm Unji Chung, and I'm an assistant professor in biomedical engineering. Um, I've been at USC for a little over four years now. Um, 
and I got my bachelor's um, in molecular biology from the Claremont Colleges from Scripps, and then I got my PhD in BME at Northwestern University in Chicago. Um, and then I stayed there a little longer. Um, I did a postdoc at the University of Chicago and then came to USC. Um, I teach uh, a, a graduate course and an undergrad course, both in nanomedicine. And that is also what my research um, is about. So we develop these um, nanoparticles and we can place drugs or diagnostic agents, um, and we can try to manipulate them so that they can go specifically to a, de a diseased tissue or a diseased organ um, and try to limit, you know, its dilution in other places. So the idea is to decrease side effects, but increase um, efficacy. Um, so yeah, welcome everybody. And finally, um, I'm Christina Zavaleta. Um, I originate from Texas, so born and raised in Texas, uh, then my, my, made my way over to uh, California, where before starting at USC, I was at Stanford for several years, and um, then came to USC about three years ago, and am now uh, an assistant professor in the biomedical engineering department, and I teach the intro to biomedical imaging course, which introduces uh, students to all different types of imaging modalities that we use both clinically and preclinically. Uh, my lab focuses on developing new imaging contrast agents, mostly for cancer detection. So we want to be able to either help uh, physicians detect cancer earlier or help them during a, uh, some sort of procedure, give them image guidance, maybe like for surgery, something like that. So uh, that's what my lab has been focused on. And we have several undergrads in my research lab right now. And we'll probably be recruiting more once we get back to in-person events and um, really excited about meeting uh, and recruiting some of you guys to USC. Awesome. Well, again, thank you, uh, Dr. Yen, Dr. McCain, Dr. Chung, Dr. Zavaleta. Thank you for making your way and taking time to, to meet with our students. I really appreciate it. Um, once again, for everyone that's here, um, this is how today's going to work. We're gonna, I'm going to moderate a, a bunch of discussion about the discipline, about the program, about the department, about the research, and, and that will take probably about the first 20 to 30 minutes. And then the latter half of the program, we're going to open up to Q&A. But now we have faculty, so let's talk about biomedical engineering. The first question for you as a panel, uh, and whoever would like to jump into this, is a seemingly simple question, but complex in its answer, I'm sure. What the heck is biomedical engineering? That is a great question, Paul. And that's actually a question that I posed to my freshmen uh, uh, on the first day of class, because I asked them what their impression is. And then you fail them out. They're not done. They're, <laughs> right. They're out of there. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I, what I try to do is I try to give them a sense of how broad it is. And there was actually a question about that. Um, and it, it covers a lot of things. But in general, I would describe BME as a discipline that is geared towards improving human health uh, by applying the sciences, so physics, biology, chemistry, and engineering. Uh, and, and I tell my students in my class that BME is still engineering. So that we still rely heavily on engineering ideas, engineering uh, approaches to solving problems, and biomedical is still uh, is the adjective. So the engineering part is uh, the emphasis, and we still rely on core ideas that we that you would probably learn in any other engineering class in mechanical, chemical, or electrical engineering. But the application is different, and, and we are geared towards uh, improving human health. That could be from anything from making devices, uh, making tissues, uh, having better drug screening techniques, uh, whatever uh, 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 problem you're, you're, you're after. But again, the fundamental ideas are rooted in classical engineering disciplines. That's a great answer. Anything you'd like to add from, from the rest of our faculty? No, I think that was great. And I will say that that's actually what really drew me to the field was that it is so interdisciplinary. So I really, um, one, one of my favorite things about biomedical engineering is all the different languages that we get to speak. 
Um, so, you know, we need to learn about DNA and cell biology, um, but also thermodynamics and, you know, all these different fields. And um, we are really kind of the, the integrators. We get to bring all these, these fields together and, and have an impact on, on human health. So um, just to add that. Thank you. Can, can we discuss a little bit more about how the biomedical engineering curriculum, uh, the undergraduate curriculum is set up at USC? Um, I'll, I'll start you off with letting you know that, that, that everyone has, there are four different degree programs. Uh, they're all biomedical engineering degree programs, but there are three specific emphases should someone choose to go through it. So there's a biomedical engineering degree, biomedical engineering with an electrical engineering emphasis, biomedical with a mechanical engineering emphasis, and biomedical with a molecular cellular engineering emphasis. So can we describe what the curriculum's like and essentially from a 30,000 foot view, like how does, how does one progress through that and what, what are we covering? Well, sure. I can. Uh, I'll, I'll. I'll go first on that. So, uh, all students will take BME 101. So that's my class. And in our class, we we go over, in effect, uh, what might you might see should you choose to uh, major in just BME, or uh, if you decide to pick up an emphasis. An emphasis. So we we will spend a few weeks talking about um, uh, momentum or or mechanics. Uh, so that will be a few weeks when we talk a little bit about charge. So that would be related to the electrical emphasis. And then we talk about mass and, and ideas of, con- for example, of conservation of mass. And that will relate to the cellular and, and molecular. Um, there are uh, a number of classes that all students will take. Uh, so you'll take uh, courses in uh, computational methods, uh, statistics. Uh, there will be classes in instrumentation, but then if you choose an emphasis, there will be additional electives or courses that you'll take perhaps in, for example, if you did a, a cellular molecular, maybe in chemical engineering, or if you were mechanical and you take additional courses in mechanical engineering, you certainly would take biomechanics. And a similar thing would happen if you were uh, doing the electrical emphasis. So there are a number of core classes that everyone takes, but then the, the electives that you could choose from or the additional classes that you would take might be more rooted in the different um, uh, emphases. Uh, and, and so they might have connections to other departments. Uh, and uh, of course, you'll also take your, your basic, uh, your, your, your physics, bio, chem. I think, uh, I think maybe electrical, the electrical emphasis may not require things like uh, organic chemistry. I'm not quite sure about that, but there may be some of those uh, uh, exceptions uh, that are there. But that's all on, on the on the bme.usc.edu website too. If you go to bme.usc.edu and then click on uh, undergraduate, they have a list of the the sequence that uh, you would take for each emphasis or or with no emphasis. Other thoughts on, on courses that are that you would take or. Yeah, I think so. Based on what, the first question, you know, because BME is so broad, that's why we have the different tracks so that you can you can specialize. Um, and I think first freshman and sophomore year are pretty similar across the board because there's so many prerequisites that are common for all. And it's more junior senior year with some of the electives that are more within our department where things branch off um, a bit more between the the different um, emphases. But um, I just wanted to add that I think the majority of the students are just general BME. And if you wanted to have a little bit more of a unique identity, maybe that's related to what you want to do after college, um, or you had a particular liking for that specific, you know, track. But I think at the end, um, you know, there aren't that many differences. I think you'll, you will get a really good core BME curriculum regardless. And then, as Megan stated, um, and Jesse, just there are some electives that are, you know, just fine tuning um, that for that specific emphasis. Hey, y'all, sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know that we have a number of campus visit programs available to you right now. If you want to check out what campus is like, if you want to learn more about the Viterbi School of Engineering, go to viterbi.link slash visit. That's V-I-T-E-R-B-I dot link slash visit where you can learn about our Viterbi visit experiences that happen on most Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. We have some virtual events that happen on occasional weekdays and occasional Saturdays. Plus, we have some transfer virtual admission sessions where you can learn all about how to get those courses ready for transferring. We want to meet you. We will have lots of opportunities opportunities to do it and it's happening all summer long, but get your registration in now at viterbi.link slash visit.
Hope to see you soon. Yeah, I think the thing that I'll add onto this and, and the thing that you've all said, but I want to kind of underscore is that you, you don't have, as a high school student, as you're going through this process of applying, you don't have to have this figured out yet. Um, this is an experiential process and understanding what BME is, that first question I asked is probably the hardest part. And then as you get into it, you will start to navigate and, and kind of move toward things that you enjoy doing. And so as you start taking courses, you'll recognize that you like certain elements as some of our faculty already discussed, like whether they're involved in imaging or whether they're involved in uh, more of the biomechanical properties of it, like you might understand that you like that more for or, or better than something else and, and draw yourself to it. Um, so you will, you will decide whether you want to emphasize or specialize in something as you go, but this isn't something you're supposed to know before you get started. And no one, no one track is more successful than another. It's just more about what interests you and where you want to get into down the road. So uh, hopefully that's a, a, a nice summary to that. And I put a link to the curriculum uh, inside of the chat for everyone to review the exact course plans, but you'll notice it's, it's nothing to worry about really right now. You know, we get a lot of questions from high school students, uh, and this happens a lot inside of biomedical engineering, where, you know, biomedical engineering sounds cool, um, but I'm really into lots of things related to biology, right? I mean, I'm thinking about medical school. Uh, I'm thinking about, I love neuroscience. I love the brain. Uh, I'm interested in, in something related to math and science, but I don't know what I want to do. So can I do all of these things? Or how does, how does someone study biomedical engineering and still have these interests in other areas? And, and usually neuroscience is the, the most popular thing that they want to add on to that. Hmm. I think what's exciting about biomedical engineering is because it is so broad and like really any health problem could use new engineering solutions and across all different levels. So just thinking about neuroscience and the brain, like we need new tools on the level of, of, of DNA and manipulating DNA and understanding how proteins within neurons work and degenerate in certain diseases all the way up to how do we actually record signals from the brain and how do we image the brain? So going from very small scale, which is more molecular cellular relating, related to maybe recording instrumentation, right? That's more electrical engineering related. Um, so you can kind of hone your interests in all these different areas and find a nice blend between um, different science and engineering disciplines and, and apply those to a biomedical problem that either interests you or you have personal connection to, um, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think like you mentioned, it's really, I think because the first couple of years of the curriculum are relatively general, that that does give you the time to explore and go to seminars and talk to professors and try to get involved in research labs and find, uh, what really excites you and what resources are available, um, at USC that, that you can take advantage of. Yeah, I wanted to just emphasize for the medical school um, portion that you could be pre-med really with any major, even an econ major. It's just about making sure that you are well prepared to, you know, take the MCAT and go to medical school. I think BME is really nice because it'll do that naturally. Um, the BME courses just overlap with things that will prepare you well for medical school. So there are definitely a lot of students that are BME and also pre-med at the same time. And then in terms of neuroscience or maybe other types of diseases, cancer, you know, it's another big one that um, many students are interested in. Um, you know, right, like Megan said, you can explore that a little bit deeper through research, um, whether that, that means you're gonna get involved in research or now this is really nice because you have Zoom and virtual seminars that you can attend even now as high school students. Um, to really get a, uh, you know, an understanding and a, a, you know, a deeper flavor of what that means, like what does neuroscience research mean today? Um, and then you can also tailor your courses too. Of course, you can look into, um, you know, what, what courses would have a bigger emphasis in one, you know, specific disease type or application of interest. So you can, you have multiple ways to do that. I just wanted to um, reiterate and emphasize the research component. I think it's one of USC's BME program strengths and USC in general offers several undergraduate research programs. This is something coming from Stanford. We didn't have as many um, opportunities for undergrads to actually immerse themselves in uh, hands-on research opportunities with faculty members like ourselves. All of us have research labs 
And I've found, I was a little apprehensive at first about, you know, undergrads in the lab, but my undergrads are like an absolute treat. And I look forward every year to recruiting new undergrads because they're really what, you know, spark, uh, you know, give that special spark to the lab. It's really, it's really actually something special that I wasn't anticipating, but I, I absolutely love having undergrads in the lab. Their enthusiasm, they're bright-eyed, and, and, and they just want to know. They're curious, and, and I absolutely love it. And I think it's actually one of the bigger strengths of USC as a, a, a school in general is their undergraduate research opportunities that are available. So many research opportunities, and we can get into this a little bit more later. I didn't know if it was on the list of things to do, but I, I really want to emphasize how important it is. And especially for our pre-meds out there, uh, it's so competitive these days, right? And med schools love to see that research element. Graduate schools love to see that research element. It's, it's just a, a wonderful opportunity to, to have that perspective. And even if you are going pre-med, taking a step back, and I have several pre-med, have several pre-meds in my lab actually as undergrads, and I've actually gotten them to consider taking a more MD-PhD route than just the pure MD. And it's because they were never given an opportunity to really see what the PhD route could offer in terms of really contributing something new to the field. Um, pairing that clinical knowledge with the engineering knowledge, I think is like the home run. And I, I'm always trying to encourage my students to, to think about um, the research. Right. And that's exactly where I was going. So I'm glad that you made that transition, which is let's talk about research and also to kind of tie some of these questions up, which is, you know, uh, research at the end of the day is not done by just biomedical engineers. Uh, it, it takes an interdisciplinary and multidisciplinary effort. Uh, so can we talk about your areas of research and how undergrads uh, are involved? Who wants to go first? I can go first. <laughs> Um, so one thing related to your question, what, what Christina was just saying, I think also another strength of USC and biomedical engineering at USC is we have a very strong medical school. Um, so most of our labs are on the kind of University Park campus, and that's where all of your classes would be and, and where many of the research labs are. Um, uh, we also have a, a medical campus that's uh, a few miles away where there's also research labs that also take undergraduates. And so those are more... Um, uh, of course, clinically related, right? They have, they're, they're there in medical school. Um, we also have affiliation with Children's Hospital Los Angeles, um, which is another place where there's a lot of research going on um, and several other places around the city. So, um, you know, being in a place like Los Angeles where there is just a large, it's just so large, right? And so there's a lot of resources and opportunities there as well. Um, in my lab, so we... Um, we collaborate a lot with uh, labs in the Department of Stem Cell Biology and Regenerative Medicine, which is located at the, at the medical school. Um, and those are actually my favorite projects are the collaborative ones. Um, and so, uh, you know, we're an engineering lab, so we make a lot of um, kind of small devices and uh, surfaces, things like that for um, uh, growing human cells basically outside of the body and assembling them into tissues that look and act like tissues in our body do. Um, and we try to design these services or devices so that you could grow many of them in the lab and be able to test drugs um, on all of these at, at the same time. And um, as I mentioned earlier, be able to use um, cells that come from um, specific patients. So when I've, uh, I've had several undergraduates in my lab, actually, when, especially when I first started my lab, I had almost exclusively undergraduates. And so uh, I've, I've really had some great experiences with them like, um, uh, Christina mentioned as well. Um, usually I start them out on a project that's more um, on the device fabrication side. So not really touching living cells yet, just because that takes a lot of um, time and training and kind of just uh, exposure to what we're doing in the lab. And so for an undergraduate who's probably not done any research or been in a lab before, um, that's kind of a nice introduction to what we do. Um, and it also fits better with their schedule. So especially during the school year when there's kind of just a few hours here and there that they can squeeze in the time, um, I try to fit a project that, that works with that. So they're usually working under, or especially when they start, they're working under the close mentorship of a graduate student or a postdoc um, who will train them and, and teach them to do certain aspects of, of their project. 
Um, and then depending on that student and how interested they are and how motivated they are and, and how well they do in the lab, you know, I kind of gradually increase responsibility as, as time goes on. Um, and where, where I think the undergraduates have had the best experience is if they're able to stay during the summer in the lab, because then they can work full time and it, they essentially become like a, like a graduate student during that time. So um, especially if a student stays for the summer, I, you know, make sure that they learn a lot more skills. So they would learn things like cell culture and be able to grow and maintain their own um, cells in the lab. Um, and yeah, get, get really integrated in research projects. I've had undergraduates on a lot of publications, um, coming from the lab and, um, right now two of the graduate students in my lab worked in my lab as undergraduates. Um, so, you know, that's also really great. So you kind of are a, a step ahead, um, uh, in that respect as well. Um, if you get involved in, in research, um, as an undergraduate, um, and that's not even that's not true even just for my lab. If you do any type of undergraduate research, right, you're always just in a better position for graduate school. Even if you go to a different, totally different field, just kind of learning the mindset of how do you do research and how do you develop and think about these projects um, uh, is is a really important problem solving skill for no matter what you end up doing um, in life. So, yeah. So I think the model that Megan described is is, is a pretty typical model. That's typically what I, I also do, uh, although I don't work with tissues and cells, I, I build devices, uh, ultrasound devices. And so usually undergraduates, uh, at least pre-COVID, uh, would uh, start working with graduate students on, on learning various transducer fabrication steps where you don't necessarily have to understand all of the physics and the math behind how a transducer works to to build a transducer and, and to test it. And so we get started on that. Uh, and then we gradually work towards uh, perhaps some of the more theoretical ideas behind, well, why are we doing what we're doing and, and how can we improve things? And then eventually if, if they uh, continue with me for, uh, for an extended period of time, they, they can uh, sort of start their own project uh, to a certain degree uh, or, or maybe a mini project within a larger project. Uh, so there's always this gradual transition of, of some to some degree of some kind of independence. So they get trained in basic uh, physics and, and the science uh, and basic uh, steps that or techniques that we do in the lab. And then they eventually learn how to apply that to new situations. Any other thoughts? Um, I guess the only... Um... Yes, I also have undergrads in my lab, but I, I guess the only thing that I wanted to just um, note was that there's a lot of undergraduate um, fellowships for research at USC that is, I think, very unique to USC. So um, they're competitive, but there is plenty. And so I think um, it does give you know, a high percentage of being able to obtain um, funding for yourself. And I think that is always great for whatever you do next, whether that's medical school, grad school, or you know, going to industry or whatever. So that helps build your resume. Um, it also kind of helps you think about the project a little bit more and put it down on paper and kind of work through that step of, I guess, the scientific method, just to bring that up, um, and 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 then kind of put it in the context of, you know, what can I contribute? Um, so I think that's a really nice. Um, you know, characteristic of USC. Yeah, I also have lots of undergrads and depending on, um, you know, how long they stay and, um, and their interests. Um, I've definitely had undergrads that have been the first author of publications. Um, so really, it, it, we just kind of match you know, the interest and the commitment of the under the student themselves. So I think the sky is really the limit here. Hey, everyone, this is Paul. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to let you know about a new feature we just unlocked. It's about sending us questions or comments via text. If you go to your podcast player, check the show notes. There's a link there that says, send us a question or comment. It may be on our next episode. So go in there, send us a little quick text message. Let us know what your questions are. Let us know what your comments are. We'd love to hear from you. So we can't wait to see it. Now back to the episode. Well, 
Let's, we, so we talked a lot about grad school and, and talked a lot about medical school because it was kind of some of the framing of the questions. Um, but a lot, you know, a good majority of our students are going directly into industry. So where do our students go? What, where does this lead to when you have a degree in biomedical engineering? What types of jobs? What types of companies? What, what are they doing? I'd actually like to mention that, uh, step in here because I don't know much in terms about um, I, I've never done industry myself as an academic, and, and some of us who haven't had that uh, industry experience often, um, you know, aren't sure about how to uh, best mentor a student as a researcher who want to go industry. But I can say from my lab, my undergrads, actually, there's so many different industry-related um, companies that, that come out to the career fairs and recruit um, for the summers. And so several of my students have actually informed me about all the industry uh, opportunities that are out there. So of my students, I've had people go to uh, companies like Abbott, Merck, Edwards, um, as well as Medtronic. So Genentech, big, big uh, players in industry. And I'm so certainly proud of all of them because I think being in the research environment actually wanted those industry um, folks to look at them uh, more carefully because they've had some sort of research experience because a lot of these places are, uh, you know, research-based uh, industry companies. So they appreciate the fact that they were first uh, in a smaller academic research setting and then uh, wanted to explore industry. So I was, I was actually surprised, but I wouldn't have really been able to name any of those companies without my undergrads informing me about all the opportunities that they've had themselves as USC BME students. So I thought that was uh, really neat. And they're always talking about their summer research experiences in our lab meetings, and I get to see what they were working on. Um, and it's, it's really a treat to, to see uh, the diversity um, and the interdisciplinary nature because all those companies are <laughs> pretty different, offer different sorts of things, so. Yeah, I, I just wanted to emphasize that um, the students often do get internships pretty successfully, and then they are able to secure a job after they graduate. Um, so it's, I, the students that go into industry, I've never seen them take a gap year. <laughs> they go pretty much directly right after college. <laughs> Um, the students that do take a gap year are probably the ones that are applying to medical school <laughs> um, and are, you know, taking the MCAT or doing other things. Um, however, I have had students that do go to medical school that go to like consulting for the year. I've seen that a lot in addition to um, the ones that do go straight to industry. Um, and then I've also had students that go to dental school as well. So, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, my, my, my favorite example is if you want to know where biomedical engineers go to work, next time you're in a doctor's office or the hospital, just look at the look at the names on all the things <laughs> around you. Uh, you know, <laughs> with pharmaceuticals like Baxter, uh, Medtronic Medical Devices, uh, Johnson & Johnson, Stryker, um, Abbott, all these different companies, everything that everything that's inside that medical facility had biomedical engineers involved in it at some level. And then obviously imaging companies as well, uh, GE, for example. Uh, and then on, and there's tech consulting jobs, as you mentioned, most of the consulting big firms like um, Accenture or uh, Deloitte, uh, PricewaterhouseCoopers, but also there's healthcare consulting like GE Healthcare as well. And students are interning with these uh, companies regularly, going off sometimes to co-ops uh, and ultimately full-time positions after graduation. So it's a, it's a very it's a very prosperous uh, next step. Um, my uh, my my last question, and then we'll open it up to to Q and A from our audience, who have been eagerly dying to ask questions, uh, is this last thing that we put in the poll. And so it's always a fun question. The faculty mix it up a little bit. Um, the 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 one that won. Uh, this is the question that everybody voted on. Was if you were not a professor, what would your younger self wish you were doing professionally? <laughs> That's a good one. I think Megan and I have the same answer for yeah. this, actually, <laughs> which is something that we've really connected on, like coming to the BME and, and actually finding someone who had a passion for the same exact thing. I'm dying to know. <laughs> we both, we both want to work for Disney. <laughs> doing what? Well, I think we both wanted to do animation, be Disney yes. animators. Um, we grew up with Disney, both of us uh, went often to Disney World. 
And now being so close, we each have had our annual passes at Disneyland. <laughs> so we're both huge Disney fans. And um, yeah, Megan, take it away. <laughs> yeah, same. Um, I probably would have ended up as an Imagineer now that I know kind of how things, you know, the, <laughs> the, the, the passion for science and engineering as well. So um, but yes, well, Disney uh, graphic design, those types of things. Well, we're now. So, if you go to the park, what's your favorite? What's your favorite attraction? If it's if it's post COVID, pre COVID times when it's open, <laughs> we're safe again. Where you have your annual passes, where where do you go? What's your favorite ride or attraction? Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. <laughs> I'm gonna call I, it first, Megan. <laughs> I was going to say that I thought it was going to be too fringe. <laughs> That's not fringe. That's awesome. It's a classic. So. Yeah. Well, yes. fun, fun fact about me is that I have a Disney family. My dad worked at Disneyland uh, through the 70s and wow. he was a, a, a jungle boat, a jungle cruise skipper. No wow. way. That's so cool. Oh my he, God. He holds, the, he holds the record for the most continuous trips on the jungle cruise in one day. Uh, yeah. That will never be broken because they changed the route. They made it shorter. So he holds that record for eternity and he will gladly tell you about it over the course of a 12 hour day. He has many stories about it. So. So did you get free passes then? No. Well, first of all, that was before I was born. Uh, he, was uh -huh. there, he, was, he, was, he was there uh, late 60s, early 70s. Uh, and then, you know, I was born after that. But uh, what I did get, I did get a private, uh, while his friends continued to work there and rise up to senior executive levels, because um, they all did. They all went to like head of security, head of whatever. Um, one friend was there when I was a kid and he was operating the, um, the Mark Twain steamboat. And so as a four or five year old, and I actually have the certificate, I became an official captain. I have a certificate oh. uh, signed uh, that I'm a captain of the steamboat, but I've never <laughs> put it to use yet. So well, back that's, to another, that's another big perk of USC is you are driving distance <laughs> to Disneyland. That's so. right. Yeah. <laughs> Keep that in mind, everybody. <laughs> Jesse, and we took over this whole conversation. <laughs> Jess, sorry, Jesse, and G. Uh, for me, I, it would be two things. Uh, these would be very different. One would be a professional golfer. Uh, I am terrible at golf, but uh, <laughs> I would love to be a professional golfer. Get to travel, get to play golf. I mean, mm. What else? That's awesome. And uh, if I couldn't be a professional golfer, I would. Uh, I'd probably be a cook. I like cooking a lot, so. Uh, I, I sometimes have fantasies of owning my own food truck. Really? What would be your, what would be that, what would be serving in that truck? And I want to know. Uh, it, it'd be a barbecue food truck. Uh, so brisket, pork. Uh, I'm in. Pork yeah. um, Jesse, you're, 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 you're going to invite us over. For the, for the department. Yeah, barbecue, I think. Yeah. I'm telling you, just the five of us right now, I'm planning on parking my head right now. It's all happening. We'll go for brisket and then go to Disneyland after. <laughs> there you go. Sure. Benji? Um, it's kind of sciencey, but I, I think I wanted to be a marine biologist um, growing up. I, I watched, well, me, like I watched Voyage of the Mimi. I don't know if anybody else watched yeah. Voyage of the Mimi. Yeah, <laughs> in elementary school. Mm -hmm. I was like fascinated by the humpback whales and like, you know, doing the boat and learning more about them. So I think, and following them. So I think that would be my alternative profession. Yeah. Voyage of the Mimi stands out so much in my elementary school years. Uh, and it's like this memory that I have. And I just found this out like two weeks ago. That was Ben Affleck's first acting gig. What? I yeah. thought it was real. <laughs> no. Uh, I didn't know Ben Affleck was in there. I need to go check it out. Wow. There you huh. go. I am spouting huh. knowledge today. Look at this. Okay. <laughs> Let's get to everyone's question. Um, there is a question here that's, that's interesting about prosthetics. And a lot, sometimes people find their way into biomedical engineering because they love the idea of prosthetics, maybe even robotic prosthetics. Um, Dr. Loeb has done some work on this. Can any of you speak to uh, this, this idea and, and how that is, is either flourishing or, or not at USC? I don't think any of us do prosthetics. Um, I know it's hard to speak about someone else's research for you, but uh, anything you can share. I can add a few things. So. Uh, so there, when we talk about prosthetics, I think most people mm -hmm. think about artificial limbs, uh, you know, artificial arms or hands or feet or legs. Uh, so Dr. Loeb works on some of that to some degree, uh, I think. But his, his expertise is more on what you would call a neural uh, or a neuromuscular prosthetic. So it's 
trying, it's a device that tries to uh, restore control of your limb. So if someone has, um, for example, a, a, a severed uh, nerve, can, can you implant an electrical device to restore a, uh, control of the arm or the leg? He does also does have projects on uh, restoring or giving uh, robotic hands the sensation of touch. So robotic hands are very good at picking things up and, uh, and holding things and, and doing various tasks, but they don't really have good capability to sense. For example, if I'm holding an egg, well, how much force do I need to hold the egg with, right? If I hold it too lightly, it drops. If I hold it or squeeze on it too hard, it gets crushed. So how, how would I know how much force to apply to the egg? Uh, some other things are a sensing texture. So uh, if you're like me, uh, you're very nearsighted. And when you wake up in the morning, you kind of feel around next to your bed for your glasses. So you're using your hands to see basically, right? You're feeling around to see, okay, well, here's my bed stand. Okay, there's my lamp. Okay, this is where my glasses are. So he's trying to give that sensation of touch to robotic hands to say, okay, well, this is a rough surface. This is a smooth surface and even trying to identify the exact kind of surface. And um, so those are just some of the examples of the things that he's doing. Uh, there's also a number of people in other departments uh, that are affiliated with BME who do with uh, robotics and, you know, and, and moving robotic arms and hands. So that would be kind of the degree of, to, uh, of prosthetics that, uh, uh, you, you might see. And of course, there's other prosthetics. There's a visual prosthetic. So that's a device that basically makes the blind see again. And then there's a memory proth uh, prosthetic, which is a device that uh, is implanted in your brain designed to uh, help uh, people maybe suffering from a memory loss to be able to transfer short-term memory into long-term memory. So prosthetics is, is a very broad term as I came to find out when I first came to USC. Um, and it's not just necessarily the um, the hands and limbs that, that we think about, although it is that as, as well. Thank you for that. Um, there's a, another question here. I'm sorry, I've been going through all these questions. We have a lot of questions. We're not going to get to all of them. Some of them are overlapping, but I, I did just find one that I wanted to ask uh, and I've lost it. Okay. Well, let's, let's do this one. Um, I think this is more of a potato, potato type question or tomato, tomato type question, which is how would you define the difference between biomedical engineering and bioengineering? If you think of it from a high school student's perspective, they look at all these universities and anything with bio is all over the place, right? I mean, even at USC, we've got biomedical engineering, four different areas of it. Uh, there are different biology majors. There's quantitative biology. Um, there's computational biology. Um, there's another question related to bioinformatics that I want to kind of weave into this question as well. How should a student that's really interested in math, science, and has some sort of desire for technology navigate the undergraduate program's uh, diversity, even across different universities? I threw a lot into that question. I'm sorry. I was, I was just trying to like, <laughs> get, get a lot of stuff going there. From my perspective, I don't think there's a difference anymore between biomedical and bioengineering. Um, the one distinction that I make sometimes is biomedical is like there's kind of a clear way that that's impacting human health versus bioengineering might be more fundamental. So it might be like engineering a bacteria to make some type of product or something like that. So you're still engineering biology in some way, but there's less of a direct connection to, to human health. Um, but otherwise, I don't think that there's a huge distinction anymore in, in the field. I don't know how others feel, but. And um, thoughts? Uh, the one thing I would add in is that uh, pay attention to the universities. I mean, sometimes they kind of throw bioengineering around when it's not really an engineering school. Um, they might just have kind of an inflated science program, uh, which is neither good nor bad. It's just different. And so pay attention to exactly what engineering is. Biomedical engineering you know, in the long haul of history has kind of had this, no one's had one definition of biomedical engineering over the years. That's also why accreditation standards were so weird for years going on to this and half schools were accredited, half schools were not because everybody did, you know, didn't have a, an exact definition of what should be included in a biomedical engineering degree. And that's sort of simmered down now. Um, but it, it's a relatively young discipline because it's an offshoot of different areas. Our program was born out of mechanical engineering and electrical engineering. And so obviously it started building those devices but we also have elements in tissue engineering. We also have these elements in, in, in kind of the, the quantitative nature of it and, 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 and um, 
so the molecular cellular element of it as well. So this is so broad, as we talked about, there's not a wrong way to go. Um, but I mean, is that, is that correct for you all? Or is there some other thoughts you want to throw into that? Yeah, I think, I think it, there's not really much of a difference, but I agree. Sometimes it can get me a little bit more like synthetic biology for the bioengineering schools where they're like helping with like um, energy production or something um, through bacteria. But, you know, one way to um, get a good understanding of the emphasis of the different schools is probably the faculty research profiles that'll probably build out, you know, what that department might have a bit more expertise in overall. Um, so, but overall, in you know, there's never a school that has a, a, dip, an, a major in bioengineering and biomedical engineering, right? So I would say they're pretty synonymous, yeah. Yeah, you might also want to take a look at the adjacent word uh, next to the bio word, right? If you have computational biology, chances are the that area is rooted in computer science. So if you're gravitating towards computer science within the broad area of STEM, then maybe computational biology might interest you. If you're interested in bioinformatics, well, informatics, before bio, there was bioinformatics, there was informatics, right? It's in handling of large amounts of data. Uh, in other areas. And so you might want to look into that or if, if, if you see that, that is interesting to you. So um, there's always generally some kind of adjective next to it or, or, or maybe bio is in the adjective and then there's a noun. And look, look at that and, and that's really where that area is rooted. And then the application is, is in biology or, in, or has biomedical uh, applications. Uh, so at least that's my take. Yeah, and I, I would I would also specify, and this overlaps with some other questions. You know, this is typically how we know we're talking to a, a prospective engineering audience, which is they want to know the right path. What's the right answer, right? I, I want to get into the right degree program to do the right thing, and we all know that that's not how life works, right? It, it's not like all of a sudden. To, all these jobs that people have, all of the technologies that are out there are interdisciplinary in nature, multidisciplinary. And biomedical engineering is a great you know, way to start your educational path towards any of those things. There's a lot of great questions here about like, I want to go into oncology, which biomedical engineering degree is right for me. I want to go into... Um, um, uh, I forget what it was, but some sort of surgery. Uh, what's the best biomedical engineering for me? I want to go into drug development. What's the best biomedical engineering development for me? It's the beginning of an educational path. And, and there's not necessarily one right answer to any of this stuff. And, and biomedical engineers will be doing jobs in bioinformatics. They'll be doing jobs in computational biology. It's not like one undergraduate degree leads to one thing. I like this question about, is the rest of the faculty as fun as y'all? That's where I was going. <laughs> I was going to put that on you because you guys have to answer this question. I'm not allowed to. <laughs> I'm like, well, yes, at USC they are, but not anywhere else. <laughs> Just a little plug for us. <laughs> That's a good question. I love it. Um, uh, I, 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 no, no, no. I was just, I was just teasing. I, I do want to know. <laughs> like, we'll get along. <laughs> oh, we're, we're, we're pretty tight. Uh, yeah, well, especially after we have this party with Jesse's food truck. It's gonna yeah, Jesse's food truck's going to start yeah, it all. I'm going to make a Costco run. <laughs> Get that smoker going, man. Okay, so the other thing is, and this is a serious question that leads off of that, are they fun of you all. Uh, what drew you to to coming to USC? With your, You've been to different places, and what, why why here, and what, what why'd you stay? Why'd we stay? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, um, like, obviously you could have left, like, like there's, there's, there's different jobs. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, Megan was mentioning how we have a medical school and I, and I kind of glossed over that. I, I also have a courtesy appointment in surgery and medicine, as well as chemical engineering, just because like everybody else, the work is very interdisciplinary, but I really appreciated schools that have medical schools because I think you have access to just different facilities and um, different collaborations. And that was very important to my work. Um, so that was one part of it. So I think USC is, is you know, big enough where you can find lots of different interesting um, work um, that can be exciting to one person. Um, and, and there's just a diversity of a lot of different things going on, but it, it's small enough because it is actually physically separate from the medical campus where it feels sort of like a tight knit 
college campus. So I don't know how many of you have ever been to the campus, but when I interviewed at USC for faculty position, that was actually my first time coming. And I'd always thought USC was this huge school, just like you'll just get lost, but that is not the flavor that I get when I go, come, came to campus um, and every day, even now. So it feels very warm and it feels like you can find a place for yourself here, but at the same time, it has so many resources you can go to the medical campus. We are also affiliated with Children's Hospital, which is another different direction, eight miles away. Um, and so, and, and then we have some facilities near um, on the west side as well. Um, the I I ask somebody correct me. It's the the comp the information science. I, yeah, information right. science. Yeah, exactly. So there's just like you know, it's there's a lot that USC offers, but at the same time, it doesn't feel like you'll be lost in, in there, you know? So I thought it had a really good mix of things. Mm. Uh, I came to USC because uh, for our, our, our department, biomedical engineering, there's actually nobody really working in cell tissue engineering and uh, they wanted to specifically grow that as an area. And so when I interviewed, I got to tour what eventually would become my lab space. And I was really impressed with like, the facilities and resources and investment that I saw from the department and the engineering school to grow the area of research that that is, is what I do. And so um, I saw it as really an exciting place for me to come and grow and kind of be the trailblazer for our department into, um, into this research area and do that in a very supportive environment as well. So I think um, what also I could feel kind of before I started and what really solidified after I got here is just like support across all levels. So faculty supporting each other, faculty supporting students, um, and just everybody wants everybody to succeed and do well. There's no competitive spirit or attitude at any level that, that I've ever experienced. Um, so I've really liked that. And then like Yunji mentioned, the really um, resources for research and collaboration and everybody being open to that and, and really wanting to, to do that has also been a great reason to stay. I wanted to bring up real quick, there was a question, I, I didn't want it getting missed about support for women in engineering. And one of the things I wanted to mention is that USC has officially reached gender parity, which is a huge engineering, uh, which is a huge accomplishment uh, for any engineering program and um, a first for, for us. And yes, there are resources uh, that support women undergrads specifically. We have uh, actually a society called Women in Science and Engineering that supports not only the undergraduate level, but also the graduate, postgraduate, or postdoctoral, and even for us as faculty, all three of us are um, have been given um, resources and specific support from that, that group. And uh, there are fellowships that they support for research to do in the summer for specifically for women engineers. So that's one resource. It's not the exclusive resource for undergraduate research, but it is one. Uh, and I just wanted to point that out because I think it is um, something to take note of as an accomplishment for us here at USC. Absolutely. Thank you for that. We have two more time for two more questions. Uh, this one is about genetics. Uh, sometimes students have an interest in genetics as they come out of high school and they look at BME and they'll look at the curriculum and say, I don't, I don't see genetics here. Can we talk about how genetics might work its way into a curriculum and probably how it's much more on the graduate side of things? Uh, I can speak to that because we, uh, so you will learn genetics for sure because you have to take some of the, the biology classes during freshman and, and sophomore year. Um, and then my course is introduction to biomaterials and tissue engineering. And actually the first third of my course is devoted completely to cells. And so we learn about a lot of different types of stem cells and we learn about how to manipulate stem cells from the level of their DNA and from genetics. So things like CRISPR-Cas9, which some, many of you have probably heard about, the Nobel prize was just awarded for that last week. Um, so uh, we spend a whole lecture talking about CRISPR-Cas9 and gene editing and how that can be leveraged as a tool to make uh, stem cells and cells into, if you want to make a heart cell or a brain cell, et cetera, um, and then use those for tissue engineering. And so then the second part of the class is focused more on scaffolds and materials and um, more kind of the, the engineering side of, of things um, or traditional engineering side of things. So um, for the cellular molecular track, I would say 
genetics and thinking about manipulating the, the DNA inside the cell is, is really a key part of that. Um, we don't really have a dedicated course to it. Instead, I think we all just kind of touch on it when it's relevant to what, you know, the, the, the larger theme of our course. Anything else? <clears throat> Other than that, we'll go to our last question, which is, um, why should a student choose to study biomedical engineering at USC versus other great institutions? I think that whole research emphasis is a huge one that needs to be emphasized. Uh, I came from uh, Stanford University and they, they didn't have an infrastructure the way that USC does to support undergraduates, at least um, in the department that I was at and um, within the medical school. I just feel that there's really, really great, rich resources for exploring this, this research element. Uh, someone had asked about, are there paid opportunities in the summer? Yes, there are paid opportunities in the summer. You have to apply for them. They're competitive, but there are, they do exist and multiple uh, types of fellowships exist. So um, I have several of my undergrads who didn't ori originally have fellowships and they took time out of their own uh, summers to come and work, but then eventually they applied and yeah, got in and fully paid for, for the summer. So um, I, I can't emphasize enough. I think that's the real, one of the real strengths that BME can offer on my end. I don't know about everybody else. <laughs> I like that was a great answer. I think to take classes from each of you, I think that would probably be the answer. <laughs> I was gonna say, our, our department has grown a lot in the last six years, I guess, six, seven years. So we do have a lot of um, kind of new faculty from a lot of different institutions and a lot of different areas. So I do feel like we're kind of, you know, at the cutting edge for, for a lot of different fields um, because of that. So um, yeah, I think our department has kind of been up and coming <laughs> uh, for, for the last few years. So yeah, to, but, to add to that, oh, go ahead, Angie, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to give you a plug. I'm saying, I just want to say that the older faculty, though, have been there to support oh, us. Old. Yeah. <laughs> oh, old. But the folks that have, you know, started the program and have been there have been, you know, solid mentors to us. And, you know, they've established their research profiles as well. So that's been a great model for us. So I think, you know, on both ends, I think, hence, you know, this is a wonderful place to be yeah overall <laughs> go ahead jesse yeah yeah so what, what i would say is that you know while if you compare the size of our department to uh other departments we may not be the biggest in terms of numbers but i i do feel that the areas that we do cover we cover very well and we are among the best uh in those particular areas uh, another thing that i would add is uh i i think that again from teaching bme 101 it's it's fairly apparent to me that the BME undergraduate community is very uh, inclusive and uh, it's, uh, they want to see incoming freshmen succeed. They want to get you, they do a lot of, a number of activities to help you get acclimated to USC, to find research opportunities, to connect you with people in industry, uh, to serve as your mentors. Um, uh, that's something I certainly didn't have uh, going to do, but it is uh, the student organization is very well run. They've won a number of awards uh, for best student organization across campus. This is all clubs. Uh, and so that environment, I think, is something that is very unique and, and special to USC, uh, where it's not like you're going to be, you know, it's going to be every, you know, person for themselves, it, it, there's, there's going to be a, a, a support system for you. And, and these students have been through it and, and, and they're more than willing to help you uh, navigate the, all the issues of emphasis, who, you know, which professors to take or not take, et cetera. Well, on that note, uh, I want to be respectful of everyone's times and, and also thank you all for joining us for this session. Dr. Yen, Dr. McCain, Dr. Chung, Dr. Zavaleta, I really appreciate you taking time to speak to our prospective students. A number of you were asking questions that were already answered earlier in the session, so you can watch a recording for this. 
uh, on our YouTube page. It's actually there now, uh, youtube.com slash Viterbi Admission. Uh, we've been live streaming it there at the same time, so you can go back and watch it. Uh, also, a lot of the questions that were asked that we didn't get to were all admission-related, application-related, student-life-related, and we have more events for that. Viterbi.live slash events, admission info sessions three times a week, transfer info sessions every two weeks, plus we have student all student-led live chats every other Sunday night on different topics. Women in Engineering was one of them. Uh, LGBTQ uh, environment was last week. We have another one coming up on research and all undergrads that are doing research. They're all really individually oriented. So we have so many events happening. Register for as many as you like to get more of the questions answered. In our admission info session, we get to every single question because we're devoted to answering your questions. Outside of that, make sure you apply by December 1st. In order to be considered for merit-based scholarships, go to viterbiadmission.usc.edu to make sure that you know all the information about that. You can always email us as well. Excuse me, email us as well if you have other further questions. I don't know what just happened to my throat. Sorry about that. Um, but other than that, I'm going to say goodbye. I'd love to keep you all on so we can schedule our, our Disney uh, smoke uh, <laughs> party. But when I close the live chat, it, when I close it, it's going to go away. So thank you. <laughs> and we're back. Thanks for that episode on biomedical engineering, Paul. I, I hope that people were not turned off by the tangent related to Disneyland and the little fact that I had to throw out there about my dad, uh, which is not relevant, but I thought that people might find it interesting uh, to, uh, for, for, for given that uh, Dr. Zavaleta and Dr. McCain really want to work at Disneyland. Um, so fun stuff, nonetheless, I hope everybody enjoyed it, but we don't need to go over it too much in detail. I uh, hope you all enjoyed it. And we'll be back really soon with another bonus episode on the next academic department.